Hello. Hi, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay here. So things seem okay. <laughs> how are you? How are you? How's everything way, right. up, way up there? Jeez, man. It kind of feels like you're holding back sometimes. Well, um... Is, is, there, is there a great emotional dam for you that's just a, a kind of a 700-year-old wall that's just... Uh, Keep well, out the others. Yes, but um, mm. that's not that's not what I was. I've got a, a new setup here, and anytime yes, there's a new, on, I put it on the list. Yeah. I put it on the list. Anytime there's a new setup, and mm-hmm. I and and I'm not, I haven't tested it yet, and then I'm testing it on the on an actual recording. I feel a little nervous. Oh yeah, but oh, I, I, I totally understand. It that. seems okay right now. It's it seems. Okay, and I also know you record things too. So, worst well, case scenario, we we roll <laughs> fall back to that. Theoretically, yes, yeah. There's a, um, yeah. There's a there's an uncertainty principle. One yes. doesn't know until one is done. That's one is, oh one yes. Is, one is done. Two two is two is one. Three is done. One one is one. One is one. Uh, yes. Um, I just put this into notes. You know, it's a great kids book. Uh, this is going to be a crazy episode. I can feel it already. I love that. Uh, I, I put a, a, a wonderful children's book into show notes. So, and so, uh, just, I, I don't like to explain jokes because what's the point, but sometimes you'll hear me say, put it on the list. And there's a wonderful children's book called put it on the list by Kristen Darbyshire. And it's a, a picture book for little kids. I bought it on October 22nd, 2012. Don't be creepy. <laughs> and, uh, it's a really good little kids <laughs> book about this family of chickens, uh, who like, uh, they, they, they forget stuff that they need to get at the grocery store. And, uh, and so, uh, their mom reminds them to put it on the list. And that really resonated with me, as you can probably imagine. A, a quarter milk, a mm-hmm. loaf of bread and a stick, stick of butter. Stick of butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one, one time, one time, one time, one time in, I'm going to say 1980, we needed film for our camera. Uh-huh. <laughs> my mom sat in the car, uh, sat in the uh, Pontiac, probably, probably smoking and said, why, why don't you run in and get the things we need? And we need film for the camera. I said, I'll get film for the camera. She says, do you know what to get? And I said, of course I don't. I'm in, I'm in junior high. I don't know anything. Yeah. And she says, well, once you go in and once you get 110, 20 exposure, I said, what is it? She said, 110, 20 exposure, 110, 20 exposure, which means it's 110 type film, right? And, yeah. uh, and then 20 exposures means you get 20 photographs. Uh, on, on the on the and so I walk up to Eckert's right next to the Windixie where the fishing lures are. I'm walking. Mm. I'm walking to the Eckert's and I go one ten twenty exposure, one ten twenty exposure, one ten twenty exposure over and over. That was one day. That, was, that happened one time. And sometimes I still went now. Now uh, sometimes when I think of remembering things, you know what I remember? One ten twenty exposure. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. List. Still to this day. That's what you think of. <sighs> I I think about I think about things like this so often. Things that one person said one time that uh, that still stick in my head. I have the same same thing, and I don't like give, that. Give me one you like. Give me one you love. Let's Can't see a couple. Let's, let's run them down real quick. Give me, give me a couple. I'll, get, I'll give you one if you Yeah, need, give me one, because I don't know if I'm oh, going to be able to call on, any. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> there he is. Really open it up. You lean into it. Have you seen what it is? Like, have you, have you checked yes. it out? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be creepy, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's like, you know, um, it's a moped, but somehow less cool. It's uh, it's some kind of a two-wheeled <laughs> conveyance that's similar to what I once would have called maybe a mini bike. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. That um, almost sounds like a lawnmower. Do you remember, yeah. do you, do you, when I, the reason that I, and this is how screwed up 
high school was. I had to decide between taking wood shop and metal shop. Mm -hmm. If I had been smart, I would have taken wood shop because Hmm. there are so many times that I said to myself, if I just knew how to do this with like a, a band saw or something, I could have saved you know, 500 oh. bucks, but I had to call the guy out cause he, he had to have his, he had, he knew how to use the special right. bat, hammer or whatever that did the thing. And, and I watched my next door neighbor all do all these great repairs to his front deck. And when he went up selling, he made a bunch of money cause the deck out front was so nice. Like I didn't know how to do any of that crap. Instead I took metal shop. And the reason I took metal shop is because my friend, uh, was in the, in the metal shop building a freaking go-kart. And the reason that funny, how you decide things. And, and, and so he, the reason that I, I thought I could build a go-kart and the reason I'm thinking of this now is because it was done with a lawnmower engine. And I was thinking about how the moped sounded like a lawnmower engine. And it reminded me of this, Mike, his name is, can I say his last name on the show? Cause it's such a cool last name. Can, Can you? Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. If you think it's safe, it's, he's not a listener. Well, I mean, he might be on Facebook. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It's all right. I'll just say, call it. his name was Mike. The show, the show, the show will never be released. Yeah, I'll edit this out. Um, he was building a go-kart and he was like welding. What was his name? The what was his name? F- Mike Boombaka. Uh, Mike Boombaka? Yes. And Oh my God, that's an amazing name. He was building a go-kart. And he was like making, you know, the tubes and the thing. And he had a lawnmower engine was going to be the engine. And like, he would Mike not. Mike is on another level, my friend. And the other kids in the class would be like, oh, I'll oh build this God. part and I'll build the thing. And, and, and the guy who ran the metal shop was the weirdest dude. I don't know what his deal was, but like, he was oh, yeah. super cool. You don't get a job like that because you're great at international politics. And, you know, we're working with acetylene torches and very dangerous stuff. And he'd tell you, like, he'd be like, there's a decent chance that this stuff could explode if you don't do it right. Mm-hmm. And, and like, but he wouldn't tell you how to do it right. <laughs> oh, man. But I have never used it's, any it's quite, skill. It's quite a personal vision quest. I know. There was no skill that I learned there that I have ever used since. And I never built a go-kart. Guess what we were building? We built. I'm gonna, candle, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess a hanging lamp with yeah, a sides. candlestick basically, and oh, and and you would take a uh, a piece of plexiglass that you would cut out in a shape of like a shield or something. I don't know why. And then you would heat it and then lay it over a Folgers coffee can, and that made it curved. And then you had to like weld the joints of this L shaped bracket and weld the little candle tube thing on it. And like it was just welding and sticking stuff together, and it sucked. It yes. sucked. Yes. You, you're. Oh God, Dan, we're so deep in the stack already. Mike Boombaka. Um, here's the thing. Like, think about all this. This might be the single biggest blight of Generation X, and it's why we're so screwed up and useless and unhelpful today. Okay. So you you take a you take a metal shop. You take a vacation Bible school. You take a, whatever it is, you're going to make a thing. Let's talk about the things. Let's, let's talk about something important. Let's talk about the things that we made as children and teens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's, here, here's all things that we made. Um, you could make, let's say, a candlestick. Mm-hmm. You could make, I made a lot of ashtrays. You made oh, ashtrays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how about this one? You could make a, a paperweight. 
right? Right. So, so I feel like, I, I mean, we never made a cathode ray uh, a television set. I mean, you know, oh, you could make a hanging plant. You can make a lot. There's a lot of hanging things in the 70s. Yeah. Like, you can, like <laughs> every single product that came out of our the work of our tiny hands is something that you could buy at an Eckert's. Yes. For cheaper and better. Yes. But my, my sweet father would use that ashtray at the office. He would use the, the, the misshapen ashtray. Right. But like, think about that. Think about that. Now, you, you wood shop, buddy. Woo! You know, you get in there, you learn how to, uh, how to work a biscuit. You like, you learn how to, how to do the wood things. And that could have changed your game. You wouldn't make a screwed up looking deck. 1989. I've said this one before, but I, sometimes I just need to get it out. This is my albatross. 1989. Uh, a thing that happened uh, um, at a lot of uh, bars in Florida is you have a thing called New Wave Night. New Wave Night. New Tuesday. Wave night. Tuesday. New Wave Night. You have New Wave Night. And we would, <laughs> you always go to New Wave Night. Yeah. You know, you take, you take a bunch of ephedrine. Uh, you have some amaretto drinks, and then you dance real hard uh, to, um, uh, to like, say, a Sisters of Mercy. Oh, okay. All you right. Know. Hey, I, now, hey, now, I no. can I can totally see this. Oh, you sure can. Sonny David, son of a bitch. Like, you would just go out and you would dance, you know? Like, uh, you know, a 12-inch uh, dance mix of, uh, of Gigantic or what have you. Now, right. Eight times out of ten, that was a slow night at the gay bar. So if it was a slow night at the gay bar, they would throw a new wave night. And you would go in to the gay bar, which is always fun and a little bit exotic to me. Me and my, my, uh, my, my pals, my, my lady and guy pals, would just go out in a big pack. They often had a drink special. You paid a cover fee. And you came into the gay bar, which is now there for new wave night. So everybody who worked there were like, uh, like gay bar guys, like, like just ha- mostly like handsome men. And there was pictures of, of guys wearing a lot of leather on the walls. And, and then you come in and, and you dance. And one of my favorite characters at the New Wave night at the gay bar was this probably 65-year-old, very, very colorful, very over-it gay guy mm. who took your money at the door. <laughs> over-it. He was, you know, he had that over-it <laughs> gay guy vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, and, and then he would make a lot of remarks about people that we thought were, were, were a hoot. Yeah, and uh, you know he 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 kind of rate you. He was he's kind of like a John Mulaney character. Okay, but um, and he'd always have, have a remark. And um, I, I think one one time nineteen summer nineteen eighty nine, we go in there, and I, I I think you know you you strike up a conversation, you show your ID, you pay, and he says, oh you know how's it going? You know I, I wonder is this uh what do you think of this? Is this it seems like a kind of a different spin for for what's going on here at the establishment? Sure. How, how do you feel about how do you feel about the uh, special uh, evening here? And without missing a beat, he said, as far as I'm concerned, all you new waivers are in purgatory. <laughs> he said it one time in the summer of 1989. I still think about it twice. See, that's a good one. That is a pretty good one. <sighs> yeah, the, the, no, another, another good one. This is quick, and I've said it many times, but it's still, it's still a good one. I go to Vinyl Fever, Fifth and Fletcher, Tampa, Florida, and I have a limited amount of money to spend on albums. And I'm, I'm deciding between albums. And I, I want to say it wasn't born in the USA, but I was deciding between kind of a normie um, record and kind of an indie record. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the um, the REM uh, Was this at Peaches? No, no. This or is Vinyl Fever. Oh, Vinyl Fifth Fever. Not, 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 not. I, I missed that. Peaches. Love Peaches. Peaches. And there were, did you ever go to Specs? Specs. I feel like I've been to a Specs, but there was a Peaches in Clearwater that was like you know, uh, Mecca for me. Yeah. Peaches was they, better. You know, and they, they had, had the albums outside the painting of pure Prairie league. And oh Tusk, yeah. You know? Yes. 
And uh, so I, I go up to the guy, and you know, going to a, an indie music store is a little bit like going to, let's say, a comic shop or a camera store, if you know the vibe. Oh, yeah. So I walk up to the counter, and I'm holding the R.E.M. album, uh, um, Murmur, and I said, I hear a lot of good things about this album. It got really good reviews, you know, in um, Rolling Stone and the the Village Voice. I said, um, I said, is this is this is this a is this a good record? Is this good? And he says, um, it's pretty good if you like uh, keyboard oriented music. <laughs> Which now maybe I mean like I like the guy at uh, New Wave Night because that was that was funny. That one is such an impossible koan for me that I still turn it over in my head to this day. I've arrived years ago. I arrived at the fact after years and years of enjoying REM and honestly years of them being my favorite band. I it, the, the koan was solved, but th- that guy's just screwing with me. It's pretty good if you like if you like keyboard oriented music. Man, and these yeah, things I mean, are there's still a just piano. Fl- there's a piano on the very sad song camera, but like it's mostly jingle jangle guitars. Why, why would you say that to a person? Eight sixty nine for that. That's confusing. That's a confusing thing to say. Yeah, it is. Mike Mike Bamboozle, Bumbaka. Mike Bumbaka. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I had a friend. Uh, you know, a great name. I had a friend in college. Uh, his his uh, folks uh, owned a Thai restaurant. His name was Van Chujutaram. Ju- Van Chujutaram. 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 Isn't, isn't that terrific name? Yes. Van. His name, first name is Van. V-A-N. First of all, boss first name. Yeah, that's the best. Suit. I knew a Van be- also. Oh, he wore he, a suit? He be- oh, he dressed like a gentleman in the 40s, years before the swing uh, trend ruined that look. But like, he, and he, was, he was really smart and very hyperactive. And he was always in motion in his suit. His name was Van Chujitarum. Um, So we got a lot to cover this week. 13 <laughs> minutes. And, oh, we got, we got, uh, we, I, okay, I'm going to throw this to you. I, as you know, I like to prepare. I have identified for myself, via you, for you, uh, two items of follow-up. You can choose these at will. I would like follow-up on either or. Uh, uh, number one, Dan's Universal Audio Setup, or B, a Dan's updates on Dan's Windows situation for which we received a lot of nice feedback yes, from listeners. Yes, very good feedback. You could do both, neither, either. You could go for the Daily Double. Um, uh, give me some follow-up on what's happening in your neck of the woods. Well, I, I guess since both of those are kind of tied together, uh, I can answer it as a two-part answer. Oh, oh, oh. And also, I, I would like to hear recommendations from the, this is just the before I forget kind of thing, not technically follow-up, but if before mm-hmm. I forget I would love, I'm soliciting a bunch of things from the listeners. And, and so maybe toward the end of the show, I need some advice. I have some things I want to do. Maybe we can budget, you know, three to five minutes so I can rattle off those things at the end of the show. Oh, why, why you go put it at the end? You just feel like that's where it belongs? Well, uh, you know, I, I know you've got something real good and I don't want to, I would hate what? to lose that. What? The thing you sent me. Nothing, I got nothing good. I got, you know, no, I got me the, usually the, got my odds and sods. I'm just, I'm just dropping seeds no, and hoping the, the birds The thing come. you sent me last night, the, the article. Mm, it's intriguing. It's intriguing. I want to um, do that. I don't want, I, I would rather not. Can you make it sexy so people stay around to the end? Can you, can you offer to tell them something sexy? Oh, it'll be, it'll be damn sexy. Well, you know, they say, you know, with Sweeps Week, the three ways to kill with Sweeps Week, if memory serves, is you can, um, you can have a baby, a wedding, or you can kill somebody. That's me, all three of those. Okay. So it's like Mary Boff Kill. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to them at New Wave Night. 
Is that terrific, uh, they did that song Welsh band. Be- yeah. Beers, Steers, and Queers? I think is fim, the name. Fim, of it. Fim, 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 yes. <laughs> Beers, Steers, and Queers. I know that. That's uh, is that Ministry. <laughs> yeah, no. I think it was Ministry. I don't think so. Maybe was it Ministry? No, bop, no, bop, no, no. Bop. Oh, you know, it was a classic. You know, it really got people on the dance floor. Was that uh, that song? Every day is Halloween. It's not ministry. It's not ministry. Did you ever go to the big place in Orlando? I forget the name. It was a giant mas- masquerade. You ever go to masquerade? Uh, yes. I also went to Firestone. Did you ever go to Firestone? Firestone. No, I, I remember masquerade. Was I, it wasn't masquerade? Like, am I thinking of the one in Tampa? Or like, I feel like there was a giant dance club for new wave, mostly in Orlando. Uh, Barbarella's and Firestone were the two big ones when I was circulating. I might be thinking of a masquerade in the Bay Area. Mm. There oh, was shoot. something no, with like a similar name. It's only thirty now. years ago. Why can't I remember it? <laughs> What's wrong with you, Marilyn? Why can't you? My friend Cheryl was a goth. You can my friend remember Cheryl all was a goth, these, these and she would always quotes. always go to Boppy Boppy Bop Bop night at um at the, some big bar in Orlando, and now I don't even know. Boppy Bop 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 Boppy Boppy Bop Bop Bop. You know that song? Yeah, I know that Why one. Why can't sure. they see that just like me? It's the same. It's the same in the. How right were. Do you want to know the band name? Or should I leave it leave it out there and see if listeners... Say the name again. Of the song? No, no, no. Of the... Uh, here's Queers. Oh, God. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a poppy industrial band, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. A little bit... Indu- not super industrial. Yes. It's not like an Eisterns and a, a New Bouton. Uh, oh, man. It's not Ministry. It's Bollocks Brothers? You're so close. Ah, uh, what is it? Revolting Cocks. Oh, the revolting cocks. I oh, should have known that. I know. <sighs> Man, a lot of good band names. A lot of good band names. Uh, so um, where we left off was that yes. I was going so, to- So stay tuned at the end because Dan's got some sexy stuff to bring Yeah, some things I want to throw out there and get, get help wave. With. So I was in this, uh, this uh, dilemma because the audio equipment that I have is Thunderbolt C, USB-C, uh, Thunderbolt 3, USB-C. And none of the Macs that I have that I could put in this room that I'm now inhabiting uh, to record in, none of them supported that. But I had a PC at home that I could that that would support it if uh, if I got a, a a so the way it works is you have to have support for Thunderbolt in the motherboard. It's not an add-on card, although you need an add-on card to address that Thunderbolt in, in many cases. So if it's if there is a <sighs> Thunderbolt header in the motherboard that you can get a Thunderbolt card, plug it in to the computer's motherboard, and now you have Thunderbolt. And so I was going to go down that route, uh, but being back in the world of Windows and the PC world for just a couple days was so off-putting. I hate to say this because I really like Microsoft these days, but just the experience of that was so not fun and not what I wanted that I just said, screw it. I'm not going to just go down this path and then replace software with stuff that I already, I have software I like to record with Audio Hijack and other things. And I've got a system and I said, 
<sighs> it's just, it's getting to be that I just need to go and spend the money and buy a new Mac mini that has it. Oh, and that's why you sent the photo. Yes. <gasps> that's the new Mac. I thought mini. that was an existing Mac mini. You that's had the new guy. New yeah. I had oh, to get, Dan, that's money. But this ties into what I'll be talking about at the end of the show. Um, mm. so anyway, yes, I have a brand new Mac mini that I can talk about if that's interesting and it's hooked up and we're recording with it now and everything's back to normal and I'm happy. And I just had to spend $800 more than I wanted to spend. That's how much they cost. Yeah. But aren't they like nice now? They're really nice. I mean, aren't they like, didn't they fix a lot of the stuff that people had beef about? Yeah. There's a great computer. I would recommend this thing to anybody. It looks good. It's silent. It's fast. It, it's a great little, great little thing. If you have a monitor, do you screen, screen share your way in? Uh, that's what I used to do. And that's maybe what I'll go back to, but I actually have an old monitor. I just plugged in. So it's just, I'm sitting here looking at the screen. Quick question. Yeah. I, I don't have a super schmooper. I mean, I have this grand unified theory that would require spending money that I don't really want to spend of having a way to like basically transition all of my legally obtained, um, rip media yes, and, and my plexi things. Um, uh, I mean, so if you want to run it, is headless the right word? If you want to run yes. it like without a monitor and keyboard without needing a KVM or similar, do you just like go in and set it up once using a monitor? Yes. And then, and then you just like, I would use like Endovia's screens app probably or something. Yeah. There's a, do you have a bunch of different choices? And this is something I've done for a, many, many, many years. And Apple makes it really easy to do this. Once the computer is set up and, and on your network, the only thing that you then need to do to, to be able to share it to any other computer, Mac, et cetera, is you go into the sharing uh, preference panel and mm-hmm. you just check screen sharing, right. which is the first option in there. Once but that's, you, only, you, just need, you do need like a, the whole setup to do it that first time. Yeah, you've got to You can't take in. a naked thing out of the box and just have it pop up somewhere. You do need to treat it like a regular computer. Correct. You must, okay. you must log in to it and create an account and do that setup at least one time. But you don't need to do, once it's on your network, uh, you don't need, and, and you've checked that box for screen sharing, you're all set, you're ready to go. You don't ever need to physically connect to that computer again, unless there's some kind of a problem down the road. Uh, right. But once it's set up, you just use screen sharing, which is built into every Mac, and you can access it seamlessly that way. There are other, there's a, another, uh, and I think behind the scenes, screen sharing is using the VNC protocol, which mm-hmm. is a lo- old school way to remote control con- computers is VNC. But it's been so long since I tried to connect to a Mac without another Mac so I don't know if screen sharing is using VNC or not, but I do oh know. Oh my gosh. So if you were, uh, that's an interesting question. If yeah. you were for the sake of argument coming in from Windows Boxing, yes. like, would you be able to, oh, um, manipulate, oh, I don't even, that's a really interesting question. I think question. you can use VNC, a VNC viewer to do it. I also know that you can use screen sharing to control other machines that are using VNC, uh, so anyway, you've, you've got a handful of options. I know that because I control remote control Linux machines that are running, um, like the, uh, X window system. Uh, I do use, I can control those from a, a Mac as well. And I've run right. VNC on a windows machine and I've used Apple screen sharing to connect to that too. So, uh, your mileage may vary, but so the way you fixed it was, was getting in by new spending boxing. money and getting mm-hmm. a new, uh, yeah. new computer and it's sitting here on the desk and it runs great. And I would recommend this. It's, I just got the entry level one, the eight gig one, but I'll tell you, these things are really, really nice. 
but they've made expanding the RAM really, really hard again. For a while, it was really easy, and now it's really hard. So this thing has eight gigs of RAM, and I'll probably you can do it, but it's it's like take the bottom off, remove the the thing on top, remove the antenna, pull off the circuit board, remove the motherboard, take it out. You know, it's oh, like it's not like doing it on an iMac. No, 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 no. I wish it was. That's crummy. It's not. But anyway, it's running fine, and and uh, if this show airs, that that means it was successful. Hmm. Yeah. Jimmy Bamboozle. Bamboozle. I might, um, this might be a pivot. If I read correctly, this might be an interesting pivot to a sponsor that we have this mm. week that does uh, something similar, complimentary, cool. But I'm gonna, I just want to put in a plug. I don't know enough to know if this is the best thing out there, but I really, the app I just mentioned called Screens, uh, Screens 4 um, for Mac OS. And, you know, I run it on my um, iOS devices. I don't know, man. I just really like this app. So basically you just get this thing. And I, I don't even know if I really need this, except like I like to get to my Macs from my iOS devices, particularly my iPad, but mm-hmm. it's just a really cool app. You get it running somewhere and uh, it just makes it real easy to VNC your way into a Mac and do stuff on it. Cause there's sometimes where you just like need to do some like, you know, like when I was a kid, sometimes you got to hit the top of the TV to make the fuzz go away. Like sometimes <laughs> you just have to go in and do a thing. Yeah. Like for, okay. So here's a, here's a, for instance, is that um, I, <laughs> I really need to add more automation to my podcast world and recording. As John Syracuse likes to remind me, I suck at this and I need a checklist, put it on the list. But one thing I frequently forget that's not essential to the recording is um, I have a folder full of aliases. Uh, called Post Skype, very cleverly named. And it sits in my little favorites area. And when I click on Post Skype, I have aliases of all the things that I definitely want to relaunch Mm -hmm. after a podcast. I mean, I guess step one is like, before I record, I shut off Dropbox. I shut off Plex Media Server, whatever that is. I shut off some other related services. I shut off the Backup and Sync from Google.app, which is a terrible name for an app. Uh, And then sometimes I do forget to turn those back on. Now, what's cool is like, yeah, that's easy. Like now I'm at home and I'm like, why no Plex? And I just uh, screens VNC my way in and I click with my little meat fingers right on the screen and it relaunches. But one, the other thing that's neat is like, even if there's been like, I don't know what, like a power interruption, I don't have automatic login. You know, I'm not a monster. So if something goes wrong for whatever reason, as long as the, you know, your tech stack can get to the computer, it'll just show you the login screen and then you can log in right from there. And it's, I don't know. I just, I really, I really like, I don't know if I need it, but I really like it. It's by Adovia, E-D-O-V-I-A, and it's called Screens, and I like it. Now, now there are times in life, Dan, where, where you want to do stuff w- with more than one device in your life. Yes. Maybe you got, you got one over here, you got this guy over here, we got no soup, and, and you want a way to be able to work with those somehow together. But as far as I know, for example, uh, what's an example of this? One example is sometimes I want to be able to do a Mac things on the iPad that's in my hands right now. Now, I just want to verify with you, there is literally no way for me to be doing things on my iPad that are reflected uh, on the Mac that I'm dealing with. That's still not a solved technology problem. Is that correct? You're wrong. What? It is, and it's been solved by Luna Display. I should listen better. Luna Display! Luna Display is the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. Finally, You can use your iPad as a superior, portable, second display for your Mac. It has awesome image quality. There's essentially no lag at all. 
And you can use this in the other room. You can use this in another location, coffee shop, co-working space, on an airplane. Luna gives you the freedom to bring your workspace with you wherever you go. It only takes a second to set this up. It has, uh, and it works, it works over your existing Wi-Fi, or if you don't have Wi-Fi, it can work over USB, and it turns your iPad into a complete extension of your Mac. You can move windows between your Mac and your iPad screen, or you can drag the menu bar over and now it becomes your main screen. It's got support for external keyboards, Apple Pencil, and touch interactions. It turns your Mac into a touch device. It's crazy how this works. And that's actually what I'm doing right now. So that as I sit here, I have my iPad and I'm, I'm, I have the full screen of my iMac in the other room right here in front of me. Mm, you have absolute power. I'm like a, I'm like a God, mm-hmm. not the God, just a mm-hmm. God, right? A deity, mm-hmm. a, dem- a demigod, a demigod, like a Thor. Is a Thor a multi uh, multi god? Is he a, is he a demigod? He's a demigod. Yeah, he's not, he's not a deity, but he's a demigod. Yes, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say yes. Okay, and it's, uh, really, it's really it's really really cool, and you got to see it to believe it. And part of the magic, this uh, might come up again in a possible segment we might do maybe later about the things we like to carry with us, but I carry yes. this thing around in my backpack. It's just, it's a little, not even want to say a dongle. It's just basically like a little, uh, it's got the piece you put in your computer and then a little p- plastic piece to grab it out. And that's all you need. You can just, you can keep that in. If there's a Mac where you always use it, or you could take it with you when you go somewhere else to use it somewhere else. It's a lunar display, man. It's, it's really magical. Really, really cool. And this is one of those things where, and I, I've said this occasionally when we're doing a spot, and, and I'll say it now, they can pay us to tell people about their product, but they can't Any, pay- Anybody can do that, Dan. We should always make that clear. We should make that, any, literally anyone. But they can't pay us to say that something is really cool and that we use it, I think, unless we really do. And I use the heck out of this, and I love it, and I think our listeners will too- they are offering for our listeners a 10% discount on Luna Display. It's at Luna, L-U-N-A, lunadisplay.com. And the promo code to use is back to work. And just try this out. I think you're going to really like it. 10% off, can't knock it. And uh, mm-hmm. we appreciate the support, lunadisplay.com. Thanks, Luna Display. Thanks, Luna Display. Buck, buck. Uh, um. This is boring, but I'll just mention it real quick. Uh, something I've been really interested in seeing uh, finally came out today, and that is called Guard. And I think, Jesus, so stop, so go home. Stop. <laughs> Echo Product Guard. And uh, it's a really neat thing. And I, I asked to be included in the, the, the let me see this before it's out thing. And they never let me in. But I think it's public as of today. You can find a, a link in show notes for this episode, which Dan will tell you about in a second. But it's just a really interesting idea. Um, how do I summarize this? Uh, the thing that would be useful for almost anybody who has one of these devices is that, I don't know how this works, what kind of magic goes into this. Mm-hmm. But it can let you know if it hears something weird. Like, it'll let you know, you can say, do, did you hear, for example, like a, a smoke alarm or a CO2 alarm or C, sorry, carbon monoxide. Oh, <laughs> if it detects, I get it. If it detects carbon dioxide, you wouldn't really want that all the time because that just means someone's exhaling at home. I mean, you might want to know that. I don't know. It's not my product, <laughs> but, but it'll let you know if it hears an ank, ank, ank. Uh, it can also let you know if it hears um, broken glass. And I haven't quite sussed out how this exactly works yet. 
but posposably it also works with the uh, Ring family of products. Um, if you've got a um, one of those uh, cool Ring alarms, you can now, I guess, arm it when you say, hey, Dingus, you know, whatever the magic incantation is. I just learned about this this morning. But when you tell it the magic incantation, you're basically saying, I'm leaving this location where I was. Mm-hmm. So start listening uh, for, for glass and carbon monoxide, but also then flip on uh, this thing. I haven't figured out a way to integrate it with routines, which is how I do stuff like that right now. Mm-hmm. But I just thought I'd mention it to people. I just think it's a novel, it's a novel idea. It's so not going to be... It, I mean, so it's it's basically listening and if it hears... A, now, <laughs> right. can it tell the difference between the carbon monoxide alarm and your someone breaking into your house alarm and the fire alarm? Is it smart enough to know That's the difference? Question. Or is it just like, yeah. I heard something and you, you've got to figure out what it oh, is. It's basically like having your own like AI version of next door. Right, 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 right. <laughs> or, or my favorite here, and they have this in San Francisco in uh, Manhattan, which is called Citizen, and it basically it's like a it, it like monitors nine one one and scanner stuff, and it's like raw. My favorite one last week was man has gotten into Pacific Gas and Electric truck and won't get out. You know, here's video. Um, <laughs> uh, smart alerts. That's a good question. Oh, it also can work with Hue. Oh, I'm going to spend some time with this. This is interesting. Um, so here's what it says. It says, get smart alerts. Dingus can send you smart alerts via phone notification. If your echo device detects the sound of smoke alarms, carbon monoxide alarms, or glass breaking, play the detected sound from your, um, Dingus app or drop in your echo remotely to investigate what's happening. So this is certainly not going to be a hit with the people who already have concerns about the Amazon family of products where apparently they listen to tons of stuff and then people hear it. But I just, I just thought I'd mention it to people because if you have these uh, it's also just a, it's evidence to me that this continues to be a very, the most interesting of the voice related areas with Google a very close second, which is, I feel like they really are, they're really doing a lot with this stuff and making it interesting. I just thought I'd mention it in passing. I don't know how it, how it distinguishes. I haven't tried it yet. I, I can't wait for you to try and this. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll break some glass today. Yeah, just throw a bottle, walk in there and chuck a bottle. Check a bottle. Dan, where would people find show notes for episode 426? 426. Four four, yeah, that four one. It's 5by5.tv slash B as in back, two as in the number, <laughs> W as in walrus slash 426. Yep. Oh, boy. You know, um, I, I don't like to say things like this because it'll get me in trouble, but... Um, well, this is going to get me in trouble twice. First of all, we are currently in a big run in our house. And this has to be quick because we have a lot of stuff. But we're currently on a big run in our house. We've we've gone through all the Mike Schur shows. And I, I, I realized that uh, I wanted to show my kid 30 Rock for a long time. And I realized that it is kind of on the edge of like, there's some stuff, there's some, uh, as you say, some sexy stuff in it. Yeah. That mostly she wouldn't understand. But like, I held off for a couple years. And, you know, she's pushing 12 at this point. So I was like, you know, I think you would like this. So In our generation, it. when you were 12, you were smoking, drinking, and driving. Oh my God. You were just looking for all of the breasts. Yeah. Yeah. And smoking so much smoking, but we got to one of my all time favorite episodes, which I don't know if it's aged super well, but there's, I'd love the episode called Cooter. 
And it's when Jack Donaghy, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin's character, mm-hmm. um, who's become involved in politics, quits his job at NBC to work for Homeland Security. And he ends up going into the, <laughs> the Bush administration. And he ends up going into this office where, like, everything is falling apart and there's leaks and there's no pens. And he ends up working with um, Matthew Broderick, who plays a wonderful character named Kuderberger, who has two different names that George W. Bush has given him. And it was such a funny episode, and we watched it. And I, you know what? Something snapped. Something snapped as we watched it. I was like, yeah, that guy's pretty funny, right? And I was like, yeah, that's good. She's whatever. She's playing Minecraft. I go, um, it's almost bedtime, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a little bit of something and see if you like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, she Pop was up. into it. She I, liked I, it. I popped it. Oh, my. Well, here's what I'm here to tell you. First of all, I mean, I had to, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to, it was one of the hardest, no, seriously, we have to brush teeth and, and pick a book. Like, it is really, really, and she was like, shoot. We got up to picking up Sloan um, at school, and she was so into it. Oh, it's she such a good so movie. My, the my reason, son The reason I'm here to tell you, Dan, it. Dan, it's still, I mean, yes, it's problematic. Like everything from the 80s, there's stuff in it that would be done differently than today. But oh my God, stem to stern, I I was really struck by how funny up to the last frame that is the movie, the first post credit scenes I, I can ever remember in my life, mm-hmm. it is still so freaking funny. You're still here? <laughs> <laughs> such a good movie I heard, he, I heard he's gonna donate his eyes to stevie one <laughs> <laughs> and just like so much stuff to catch the billboard at wrigley field that says save ferris there's just like you know i mean some of the stuff some of the set pieces are not as like i mean you know the parade which i thought was one of the funniest things i had seen in my life at the time does seem fairly preposterous now like why is ferris on a Yes. lip syncing yes. two songs but you know you 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 buy in in for a penny in for a pound but especially jeffrey jones oh my and and, and grace like um <laughs> what's his name ed um ed ed rooney ed. <laughs> she says what okay so, and she says uh ed says to grace um i don't trust him as far as i can throw him and, and what does grace say ed with your bad back you shouldn't bad knee you shouldn't be yep. throwing anybody <laughs> I love that movie. They think he's a righteous dude. You know, and and Jennifer Grey. Oh my God. She's so pitch perfect. I know. I know. Young Charlie Sheen. Everyone. I I, I want to let our listeners know if you, uh, if you haven't returned to it in a while, it's really, really good. And the music, this music is so dated, but I still have the sense memory of being in the theater with this. I was like, well, easily this is the best John Hughes movie ever. Like it's really good. It's got a lot of the best stuff from all of his good movies it's got the like contraptions and crazy house stuff of you know home alone right it's got the uh to my mind little overplay i never liked breakfast club i think it's horribly overrated but like if you want a little bit of the college drama and getting real the stuff with cameron in the, in the third act is really is really nice and like it's it's you know pretty great have you it's ever really read movie. The, have you ever read the theories the fan theories about the movie that Ferris doesn't exist and it's all, everything is happening in Cameron's mind. <gasps> everything is happening. Oh, and he's the one like driving around and going to the museum. Yeah, but he's by himself and like Ferris is sort oh, of his, no. his id and, and this is it's all his, in his uh, well, imagination. I don't want to spoil any movies, but like you find out at yes, the end, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's compelling. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a really good movie. I love that we movie. Have a couple, we have a couple directions we can go. You've told people all the things. We're mm-hmm. 39 minutes in. Uh, I had... I had one thing that I mentioned to you last night that we don't need to spend a lot of time on. I just thought it was an interesting article. I mean, I was prepared to talk three to five hours about just this one thing, but that's, that's fine. The show's never going to air to be as long as it wants. No, I I think it's worth a mention. If the podcast falls on the, on the Pope, does a bear hear it? (laughs) I asked my kids the other day, I said, if, if tree falls in the woods and I asked them and they're, and they're immediately like, of course it makes a sound. Of course it makes a sound. That's the only, that's the only answer. It's not difficult. And I'm what like, well, what? One and, hand clapping. Well, it doesn't make, it can't, it's going to make, it makes a slight whoosh, but like. But then if you look up sound. Don't, can, don't cancel anything to figure these things out is, is the lesson. But listen to the definition of sound. Let me just read this to you. Let me just read it to you. You're problematizing and that's fine. Vibrations that travel through the air or another mm-hmm. medium and can be heard when they reach a person's or animal's ear. That is in the definition for a sound. So if their vibrations cannot reach, but if they do not reach an ear, then technically you haven't completed the final step of defining what a sound is. When I leave my house, is there still carbon dioxide? Like, that's so weird. (laughs) But it's the definition. Ah, you can't you argue with the definition. Now you understand, Grasshopper. We were waiting online to do something the other day, and there's a guy in front of us who looked like a totally normal guy, except he had like a Padawan braid. And <laughs> I was like, that is a that is a powerful look. It's yeah. like a fancy place. We took a uh, Mother's Day. We took a five mile hike in Marin, which nearly killed my daughter. Um, but we five did, miles we is a lot of walking. You, but I well, said, it's rocky terrain. We're talking yeah. about Mount Tam. Don't be creepy. Mount Tam's very rocky on their paths. Mm. And then we went to get a sandwich at a really nice place in Marin. It's called Chibo. You should check it out. C-I-B-O. It's very good. They have a great uh, fruit galette. Uh, and the guy in front of us had a Padawan braid. So that's, uh, so this is a thing I sent you. Yeah. I, this is not incredibly insightful. This is just a thing in passing to mention. Uh, a, uh, an article popped up in my, oh gosh, this is the website with the, with the sizzling HRs. Why does it do that? Sizzling HR. Move. Well, they've got the equivalent of an HR. They've got like a, a horizontal rule, except it's an animated GIF of a squiggly line. Mm. Why do they do that? It's called the outline. It's a great. It's actually a really good site. Um, it's like if medium was good. Uh, <laughs> I like the outline. Is it? Is it? Yeah, I like the outline too. And this is a, uh, a very a short, <laughs> understandably short article by a person called Brandy Jensen called everything should take 20 minutes the mm-hmm. deck is it's the ideal amount of time for all tasks and i don't I, I i don't know if this is great advice but the reason i sent it to you and said i'd love to mention this is i've been doing this for years and i think i totally agree like you know the way they figured out uh, calculus like uh, all over the world at the same time yes i kind of agree with this and i wanted to talk about this article and and why what did you think of this article everything should take 20 minutes i made a lot of sense i mean it basically um and the article's in the show notes but basically what it says is that 20 minutes not only is how long right sort of regular tasks that we have to do seem to take but also our our expectation for how long those tasks should take Mm -hmm. and i think the article talks about the where she was expecting something a task to take 20 minutes and it didn't it took longer Mm -hmm. so i think that's interesting why why is is 20 minutes the 
time that we think things would take and why is it that so many things take about 20 minutes and then oh, she categorizes yeah, right, right. if it's less than 20 minutes it's not worth categorizing as a real task if it's more than 20 minutes it, so what's your take on this Oh man, yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was real, real thought provoking. As, as somebody who came into this with their own baggage about this concept, uh, <laughs> it sounds bananas to say like I've been doing this for years. That's I, I don't really say stuff like that, but it's true, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, it's it's a funny article. It's a short article, and then she makes a joke about how it took her eighteen minutes to write it. But I think she's really right on about several <laughs> parts of this. And even when she gets silly with it, I think it's still. It doesn't, it gets silly, but it doesn't get stupid. Um, so she's talking about, as you, as you said, I don't need to read all this, but, um, you know, that it takes a certain amount of time to do these things, but she says, okay, does it go for everything? Like, what if you want to go out for drinks with friends? Should that be 20 minutes? And she's like, not so fast. She says, no, each round of drinks should take 20 minutes. Mm. Which, you know, I don't know if I agree or disagree, but I definitely see where she's going with it. Because guess what? I've been doing this for years. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, I don't know why 20 minutes works like this. But I will tell you this. At a time when I used to think about not just task management and task doing, but also like kind of task philosophy or task planning. Um, you know, one of the things a lot of people run into in trying to be productive is, you know, there's classic anti-patterns here. Arguably, like, the <laughs> one of the worst all-in-one terrible anti-patterns is using your calendar to chalk up an entire day to do an amorphous task. I think most people who've thought about this and, I don't know, hopefully maybe agree with me a little bit will say, like, oh, so putting on your calendar, I'm going to write my novel for eight hours today. Like, I can't even begin to get into how many, unless that works for you, historically, asterisk, that's a terrible idea because nobody does that. Anybody who does that never needed to write that on their calendar. Right. You wrote that on your calendar. You know why you wrote that on your calendar? It's New Year's resolutions all over again. You keep writing it on your calendar Tuesday, right? For eight hours because it doesn't work. And now you're mad and you keep doing that. Well, here's the thing. Well, there's a million reasons, obviously, at least in my wheelhouse, we don't have time to go into the number of ways. That's a terrible idea that basically builds the muscle of sucking title. Like, don't do that. Why 20 minutes? Because I discovered in my own independent calculus that in trying to think about the, the work such as it is that I need to do, one thing I definitely learned is, and this is a very getting things done style thing, heavily supported in practice by stuff like OmniFocus, is that you need to break it down into pieces. Because when you break stuff down into pieces, it forces you to think through the project, if you like. Um, sort of as David Allen uh, says, you know, um, you don't want to be thinking about work when you're doing your work. You want to think about your work when you're planning your work. And then when you're doing your work, you shouldn't have to wonder if you're working on the right thing. And so there's a very, to me, in the natural planning model, as he calls it, there's a lot of sense to saying, well, like, okay, I'm procrastinating, procrastinating about this call. You know, I've been doing that for two months. Why? It's because I didn't figure out there's a task before the task. Before I can call, I need to find the number and get my phone and treat myself like a baby because that's the smart way to plan your work. Mm -hmm. act, I mean, plan when you're smart, act when you're dumb because that's, that's how you should be able to work. If you're thinking too much about the meta work of your work while you're working, you're not doing a great job. You're not organizing or planning well. And so, so first of all, yeah, break stuff into pieces. And once you start breaking stuff into pieces, then a question becomes, how granular do I get? Like, do I, again, do I chalk up one hour on my calendar for find phone number? No, and no. Like, no, it doesn't take an hour. And for God's sakes, don't put it on your calendar. 
The only things that go on your calendar are things that will die if they don't happen at that time on that day. So what is a good amount? Well, I don't know. I don't know, but I know a lot of people from my 43 folders days would say, I keep running into a problem where I know something is important or high priority, and I know it's a thing I got to do, but I keep getting interrupted, right, with the, the actual real work that comes up through the day, or I get distracted because somebody's trying to, I don't know, like, uh, beat the final boss in a game in the next cubicle and that's distracting. But in any case, I'm being taken off the thing I'd like to be focusing on. Now, if the thing that you're focusing on is something that requires a huge amount of work, uh, it's you're going to find that your recovery time probably sucks. Mm -hmm. If your recovery time for, what is your recovery time to get back to a one hour task or a five hour task? Right. And so anyway, blah, blah, blah. What, what I arrived at weirdly independently, is the idea that um, 20 minutes, um, important, 20 minutes or less is a good amount for a task. Over 20 minutes, it happens sometimes because it has to happen, but planning more than 20 minutes for a task may not be the best idea if you can avoid it. Now, if you have to go to jury duty and wait, it doesn't make sense to make that several 20-minute blocks on your calendar. It makes sense to say, well, I'm obligated to be in this place on the planet for this amount of time starting then, ending then, theoretically. But what is it about 20 minutes? 20 minutes is like if I can take a task and figure out, let's not, before we even get to the task, let's just look at the thing I got to do. And I don't want to drag this out, but like if you got a thing you got to do, like will it take more than 20 minutes to do? You know, I'm I'm pretty sure it will, but I haven't really planned it out yet because I haven't done those little steps. When I do plan it out and do the little steps, what if I said like kind of somewhat arbitrarily, well, I want to break each one of these to the extent possible in a task that won't take more than 20 minutes. That's just a good guide to me. Like it doesn't have to be as long as 20 minutes. And I disagree slightly. I mean, if, how long it takes doesn't matter if it's critical path, right? right? You know what I mean? Right. If it's, if it is the block, as I say in GTD, if it is the blocking task um, by which the project will not continue unless it's done, well, a one minute task that's a blocking task is the most important task in the world. And it doesn't matter how long it takes, you know, and once you, once you decide to treat yourself like a dingaling, you accept that that's your problem. You say, Oh, that'll be easy. That won't take long. I mean, how, how long does it take to fill your tank with gas? It takes way less than 20 minutes, mm-hmm. but if you don't do it, you're going to run into problems if right. you need to drive far. Uh, and that never happens to anybody, right? Nobody run, nobody's ever run out of gas because they didn't plan for it. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the thinking through and that's the planning. So I don't know why 20 minutes, but I, but I kind of agree. And, and in our wheelhouse, our nominal wheelhouse of like thinking about doing work that's important to you, I think it's a nice, um, it's, it's a nice uh, paradigm, it's a nice model to say like, what if I decided to break everything down into 20 minute bits? Now, now a, a, uh, I'll shut up and throw it to you in a second. One problem here is, uh, or one risk here is to say, oh, 20 minutes. So now I'm going to be a nut about this and make everything I do 20 minutes and I will finish three units per hour. Not smart because it could take more or less than 20 minutes, but having broken it down into this shouldn't take more than 20 minutes. Well, guess what? It may take longer and you might need to break it down more or you might need to take a break. You might need to do something else, but don't drive yourself insane by thinking I will complete 24 units of work today because that might not happen. But it's, it's the, you're giving yourself enough flexibility 
um, to be able to deal with stuff that does come along. But you're also the, the magic trick to it is you're kind of forcing yourself to think through it enough that I broke it into, if not atomic, at least molecular pieces that can make sense and stand on their own. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, what about, okay, let's throw it to you. A lot of what you do or historically have done involves things like, you know, development, coding. Right. I mean, when you think about that kind of work, there must be very different ways you approach productivity and time management in deciding how well things are going. Yeah, and at any stage, it must be something where like, you're not going to be able to exactly plan out how this goes. It's going to take me exactly, you know, two hours and 19 minutes to debug this. You, that's not right. It's not really possible. Yeah. It's not something you can really schedule. And it's interesting because I did think about that while I was reading this. And I remember back in my, not my first job out of school, but maybe my second, third job out of uh, college, I worked for a consulting company and they kind of had two different wings of what they did. On the one hand, they would take an employee, a a person and assign them to go work at a company, uh, not in their own office, but you know, another company. So FedEx might have a project that was coming up and they were a big employer in the area at the time. FedEx would have a project coming up where they needed to build a new billing system. So they might've gone to the company that I worked for and they say, oh, we need someone to as a, d- a database analyst. We need uh, three programmers with Java skills and we need a, you know, a, a system administrator. And the company I worked for would say, okay, we will either have or can find those people for you. And they'd send them out and they would go and work at the FedEx offices. And then there also were internal projects. And um, for a while I was on one of the internal projects working with a small team of people in inside of the office. And usually at least once a day, if not twice a day, they, they would say, okay, it's time to play doom. And <laughs> they, they would play doom too. And it was because it was networked a bull. And that game was a multi, one of the first multiplayer first person shooter type games. And we would all, and, and unlike today where you could just launch a game and play it back then you had to like shut your computer down, boot in many cases off of a special boot disc so that you could remove all the drivers and not load windows and all the other crap and play like a slim down bare bones version uh, of the operating system. So that would be the most efficient to play the game. And like this involved like everybody coordinating it and saying, okay, now is when we're going to do this. And they would shut everything down and do it. And we'd play for about, guess what? 20 minutes. (laughs) And then everyone would turn their computers back on and we'd resume our work. Yeah, And what I learned back then, which I found to be very valuable was two things. One, that it's really good to give your brain a chance to stop thinking about the thing that you've been thinking about for so long, especially if you've been struggling with it. It also works as a nice reset. You're doing something that's very different. And I can't tell you how many times, <clears throat> excuse me, I would be at a point of sort of frustration where I'm like, oh, this part's hard, or I don't know what, how to solve this problem, or I could do it this way or this way. I would take my mind off it completely by doing something different, in this case, playing Doom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I would come back and the problem would be solved in my brain already without me really having thought about it consciously. That I would come back and like, oh, right, obviously I need to do it this way. And I would sit down and happily Squeezing too hard on the fistful of sand in some ways. Squeezing too hard. Well, I mean, like if you squeeze too... It's, I'm sorry, that was stupid. But if you no, squeeze too I'm hard on a fistful of sand... No, I'm making a note of that. I like that. That's a title. It goes out between... 
goes out between your fingers and now you're mad. It's exactly what it is. That's the best way to describe it. You can work, you can work on a different aspect of the thing you're working on. You surely can do that. But what you're describing, I think does make a lot of sense. But it was like, you need enough of a break. Yeah. You kind of forgot what you were doing. But 20 minutes was the perfect length of the break. I was thinking about how long I I row in the mornings when I, so interesting. When I do a hit workout in the morning and a hit, hit stands for high intensity interval training. And so the concept of a hit workout is instead of just you can do it on a rower. You could do it on an exercise bike. You could do it jogging even uh, is basically you do moderate workout where you're not out of breath, but you're working hard. And then for, for about a minute and a half, and then for about 30 seconds, you work at the most highest intensity you can possibly do. And then mm-hmm. when you're done, you go back for 30 seconds, then you go back to a minute and a half of regular exercise again. And so what you're doing is you're never really giving your body a chance to completely rest. Anyway, the result of this is that you build more muscle and you burn fat faster and these other things, but it allows you to take uh, I, what normally would have been a longer workout and consolidate it or condense it down into a shorter workout. And that's about 20 minutes. I think it's like 19 minutes and 30 seconds is how long the hit workout generally tends to take. And it's like, once you start thinking about this 20 minute thing, you start to see it all over in your own life and the things that you do, whether you're even aware of it or not. And like this morning I was, my, my wife said she was going to go have lunch with a, or breakfast with a friend uh, next week. And she said, where should I, where should I go? And I said, I recommended a place and she mapped it out and she said, Oh, it's only 20 minutes. It's fine. And it's like, if it had been 25 minutes to get there, she would have picked a <laughs> right. different place. But 20 mm-hmm. minutes is fine. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like, why are we? And, and like, we're also very much tuned into the 24 hour cycle of a day. And like, as beings on this planet, you know, we're in sync with the planet in a way that like we operate on that 24 hour cycle. We operate on mm-hmm. a 365 day a year that's not an invention. Like we didn't just say we'll make 365 days. Like that's a real thing. That's connected to the way yeah, the but earth even works. The parts of it that are um, an invention or a convention, yeah. something like a month. Well, you know, we, I imagine one reason we've kept using months is that a year isn't granular enough. Even if we understand the idea of how we move around the sun. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need a convention for, for these kinds of things. We, we should probably go on to the next thing, but I, I just real, just real quick. Um, thank you for that. I think that would be useful to people who do the kinds of things you do. Take a break, you guys. But here's the other part of this. Um, cause it should be a twist with these things. Um, don't think of the 20 minutes as like, don't be that person or, you know, let's be honest, that guy, don't be the person who goes and reads this article and goes, ah, this doesn't make sense. Or, ah, I have to like make everything 20 minutes. No, you don't need to do that. Like you may find your own number of minutes. Like that's how this work works. Like the first time you uh, make a recipe, I think it helps a lot to really follow what the recipe says as a baseline. And if it's something you end up really enjoying, uh, the second thing is you eventually will tweak the recipe in a way that you like. And then, uh, you know, to go full Zen by the, by the end, you're not going to need the recipe because now you know how to make the thing. <laughs> you can and, let and go you, of the recipe If you're not at the point itself. where you know how to make the thing, start with a recipe and then change it. If it doesn't work for you, don't abandon it. But like the, if there's anything I want my people to take away from this, it is that there is a benefit to thinking through the thing you want to do for just a little longer than you probably would like to believe you need. And then breaking it up into pieces that are sensible to you. The 20 minute thing to me is really, it's mostly just sensible as a 
rule of thumb upper limit for a task. If a task takes longer than 20 minutes, it might be more than one task. That's, right. that's, that's the main thing. Yes. You'll discover your own level. Yeah. So just, you know, that, that what I sent you is I'm pretty sure the camera my mom had. I, I love it. I remember. Yes. I will. I will use that. That I remember that camera. I did not own one, but I remember coveting them and loving them. It seems so fancy at the time. Oh, the it's flash so built awesome. in. You don't even need the bulb. You don't even need that little turny bulb guy anymore. Did you ever make your own camera? Um, the little pinhole camera? Oh, uh, for looking at the sun or for like actually taking a photograph? No, for taking a real photo. They, um, no, back, I don't think I ever did. Back in, in the old days, I'm sure you remember the film that was a, instead of being a roll of film, it was like a cartridge and it, it, it had sort of two humps. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's the, what this is. Oh, that, that took that kind also? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. It, looks like a, it almost looks like a tiny telephone. Yes, exactly. Okay, so you could take, you would take that cartridge, one of those cartridges, and then uh-huh. you would, in, in art class, you would take, like, you would make a little out of, um, out of some kind of construction paper, which you could either use black construction paper or you could paint another color black if you didn't have black construction paper. And you would make essentially a little box out of it. And then you would, on the front part of it, there would, you would take um, a little piece of aluminum foil, which we used to call tin foil, and you take a pin <laughs> and you'd poke. We still do. It's so weird. Why do we do that? I don't know. It's not tin. It's tin foil. And then tinfoil. you would poke a hole in the little tin foil square that you had taped on the front of it. And then you would have oh, a, yes, little, a little this. black flat construction paper flap. And so what you would do then is you would turn the film using a quarter, if you were rich, a nickel if you weren't, and then you would open the flap and, and hold the thing very still and it would allow light to penetrate through the little pinhole and put it a, um, uh, an image on the film and then you would close the flap back down. It might even have a little scotch tape on it if you were fancy to keep it closed. And then you would crank the next film over and you could take pictures and they, they looked horrible, but it, you yeah, had made right. your own camera. I do. I do absolutely remember Kodak Ectralite 10. I think that's it. I don't know if that's exactly it. It looks, it looks like what I was thinking about when you were describing. Damn, we're at 101. What's happening? I need to tell you about Eero. Eero? Oh, geez, Eero. Um, they, they're still advertising? What is happening? How does everyone not have an Eero? What's going on? At this point, I've, I think <sighs> everyone should have one of these. And I'm just mad. I like money, but I'm mad. Now I'm just mad. <laughs> I've got, I'm on one right now. I have one here oh. at, the, at the, the new little office that I have, and it's, it's the best thing in the world. It's so, it's almost fun to set up in a way. And it, so let me tell you about the Eero. The Eero is an, uh, a replacement to the kind of old school Wi-Fi systems that we have all had really until the Eero came around. And I'm talking about the second generation Eero. The first one was great, but the second one is is even better. And it comes with these things. So you get your little tiny base station. It looks like it's a little white box that sits over by your, you know, your cable modem or whatever you've got coming into your house. Fiber if you're lucky, cable modem if you're me, DSL if you're weird. And mm-hmm. you plug the Eero into that and it gives you a Wi-Fi network. Big deal. We've had that forever. Stop it. This is much, much better. You're going to get more speed and range than you've ever gotten before. Even over the first generation era, they've improved their second one so much. It's beautiful. 
And okay, so it's got a third five gigahertz radio. It is tri-band. It's twice as fast as its predecessor. And basically what this means is you can do more. You can do more and you can do it in any room of your home or in my case, the office too. And it's seamless. It sits flat on the surface. It plugs in with the power adapter. It uh, connects over ethernet or wirelessly or in any combination of the above. And it just makes everything so easy. You get these little beacons. The app helps you figure out where in your home or office you should put the little beacons. And the little beacons, don't get confused. These are not range extenders. They're more than that. And they create this mesh network over your whole entire house or office or whatever it is so that you don't have dead spots and everything is just fast. And I'll tell you what, and this is great. In the previous office that I was in, we couldn't use an Eero in there because they already had a Wi-Fi network and it didn't make sense to have an Eero second Wi-Fi network for just the one room that we were in. So we were on their Wi-Fi network, but it was so slow and crappy. And so I had all of our computers wired with like stupid wire adapters and stuff. So then I came here to this office and while I was setting it up, of course I brought the Eero in because I knew we were going to need Wi-Fi. So I got an Eero and and hooked it up and I hadn't wired anything yet. And I just so happened that I was doing a download of something and it was really, really, really fast and not talking about fast because the internet was fast. I'm saying like to the wireless computer was fast. So I said, wait a second. So I I set up my little file server that I have here and I transferred a file from my uh, Mac on my desk to the file server, but I did it over the Wi-Fi, over the Eero. Mm -hmm. And it was instantaneous. And this was like a big uh, file that I'd edited. You know, like our shows when I edit them are usually, you know, each track is maybe three to 400 megs in size Mm because I I record at uh, AIF, high quality AIF files. And so when you transfer a logic project, you're bringing over all these files and I have your track from your end and the version of your track that I record here and my own. And here's these four or 500 meg files. And this thing transferred in like a split second. And I was like, what? This was faster than the wired network that we were on at the last office. I'm so, what? yeah, it was awesome. Now that's my experience. Yours may vary, but these things are fast. And, uh, and so what they want me to talk about though is the Eero Plus which is the jam. You've got to get this. It is designed to provide simple, reliable security. It's going to defend all of your home's devices against threats like malware, spyware, phishing attacks, uh, or even unsuitable content. If you want to shield your your kids uh, from, from content they shouldn't see, you can do this with Eero Plus. It is really, really awesome. Protection for your network and all the devices. Uh, to- they call it total network protection. You've got advanced security. It checks the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats. It can warn you about them. You've got content blocking. So if it's violent or illegal or adult, you can control what your kids see. It's even got built-in ad blocking. So you're, you know, those sites that have tons of ads, it can get blocked at the, at the Eero level, not even with extensions on your devices. It's just awesome. They've got integrated VPN protection. I mean, there's so much built into this. You've got to check this out. I love this product. It's at Eero, E-E-R-O, Eero.com slash back to work. Go there and you'll get a hundred bucks off the base unit and the two beacons because they have these different packages. Most people need two beacons uh, and uh, for their home or for their office. You're going to get a hundred bucks off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and a year of Eero plus if you go to Eero.com slash back to work 
and at checkout, enter the code back to work. Great product and uh, really love that they support this show. Go check them out. Thanks very much to Eero. Bok, Thanks, Eero. Ding. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Jeez, how do we run so long? I don't know. Oh, talking. And at, at <clears throat> noon, I've got a guy coming to look at the wall. Noon is, oh, geez. Okay. Well, 20 we minutes. We've we got 20 minutes. We'll do it. Mm, uh, well, we got, we could return to everyday carry another time. Yeah. We, we should have, take that to the next, we'll do that next episode we if got, you're okay uh, with for that. For next time, hopefully, gosh, there's one, a listener, Brian, on uh, note taking in college, a listener, Brad, on adjusting to a new baby. You can't, uh, are good, but I feel like we should bring the sexy. It's not Isn't that sexy, but sexy? yeah. So what I'm what I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, what I want to be doing is um, now that I'm, I've moved from the old office to the new one, and and even though I've got more space here, I've consolidated a bunch, and so I've got these older Mac Minis, and uh, and and so I want to either don't sell some of them and donate some of them and do anything. So if if you all in the audience need a Mac Mini, they're not that old; they're just a couple, two, three years old. Uh, if you want to buy one of these, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. If you have like a child who needs a computer or you know of something like that, and I could donate these to somebody or one of them, maybe let, let me know there too. I don't want it. Here's the deal. I don't just want to send them to some school that's in a nut. You know, if I'm going to take them to a school, I'll just take them to my local school. I want this to be like something special in tight Merlin. I want to be enticed. I want, yeah. You remember back in the old days, there was some rich dude and he would just giving away his money because he had no family and he was just giving yeah. away his money and people would write him and be like, I really need money to get new tires Jeffrey, for my car. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lebowski. Not Jeffrey. <laughs> Are you employed, sir? Not him. But no. he would give away, like, he'd the give other away guy, his Jeffrey money. Lebowski. Yeah, no, there's, and then you hear like the things of like the guy who pays for everybody to college. Yeah. But you, you're going to, you're going to be, um, you're going to be Santa. Hey, listen, if your kid needs or a I'll computer, man, if you need a computer and, and Dan will send it to you with all of his data still on it. No. So, well, I think. I, but I will put uh, the latest version of Ubuntu 19.04 on it if you want. I love this idea. I love the idea of you. So here's, here's I'm going to say this. You should sell all of them except for one. You should give one away. All right, done. Do what you want, but that's what I would no, say. No, that's what I'm going to do. Or the cause. And like, you know, if you actually do know of somebody who could really, if you've got like, Let's put it this way: Maybe you got a sibling whose kid who's not gonna, who doesn't know, listen to the show, or uh, you want to do this nice thing for them. You know, it takes money to have computers. Like, let's. Why don't you? Uh, you could ask for that way too. Yeah, and then you could be like a Morton Joe. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're up there. That's with, how with, I feel right now. With, with, <laughs> <laughs> do not become addicted to Mac Minis. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Once again, my Imperator Furiosa. <laughs> distribute Mac Minis to Mac Mini Town. Dungles okay, to Dungle okay, City. I'm going to make a note. Hmm. Oh, and the other one, too. And the other one, too. Okay, I got more. I got more. I got to throw this out there because I know Ooh. we get. All right. Now. Now. Spirited away. Oh, wow. It, oh, it, I come inside but, door with that one. Okay. Okay. Spirited away. Here's the thing I had never seen this Miyazaki film. I feel like we should mention that this this started because you did that thing where you send me a photo and don't explain anything. You sent yeah. me, you sent me a photo of, of a stuffed duck. Yes, and so then then now now it's on now it's on me to go like okay why'd you send me a stuffed duck? Yeah, well only yeah. if you're interested. If you're not interested, then you just but like uh, no, but but you sent me that and I immediately said oh spirited away right yes 
I said that's Ellie's favorite character. She like she likes the ducks with the leaves, the, yeah. the, like with their dumb, as you said, their dumb eyes mm-hmm. who look straight ahead and walk <laughs> in a line, and then they get in the big bathtub with a washcloth on her head. Yeah. They're so cute. I love them. Awesome. So I had never seen this film and it turns out (laughs) that it's Japan's biggest grossing film of all time. Is that right? Yes. It made like $350 million on a budget of like $15 million and it, it, did better than Titanic did over there. It was like their biggest film to date and it won all these awards and it came to the States and it won awards here. And I had never seen this film. I'd never That's seen wild. it. It's and Isn't it strange? It's such I a weird movie. I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. And my kids watched it with, with uh, too, and they loved it, like loved it, loved it. And as soon as they saw that stupid duck, which by the way, I, I, I keep reading when I bought it, it was marked as a chicken. Hmm. It seems it's got, like no, a duck. I, looked it, I did look it up once. It's got a name in the Miyazaki sphere. Okay. Well, go ahead. Keep talking. I got so initially. I, it looks like a chicken. It's got ponyo feet and, and dumb eyes. Yeah. So, but they saw it and they both looked at me as soon as they saw it. Like, I want that. They both said yeah. it. So on Amazon, you can get little, uh, as you say, plushies of it. Mm-hmm. And they are, um, they're like nine bucks each. Oh, that's a pretty good so deal. So I got them each one and they, they're very high quality. I think they're gunned or something like that, but they're good. Whatever they are, there's that. Don't quote me on that. They're good. And then I also had to get for myself a little no face statue. Oh, wow. It's really good. I put that in show notes too. So anyway, I just want to tell people if you're, if, if you like anime, if you don't like anime, if you like movies, if you don't like movies, if you like creatures, if you don't like creatures, it hmm. doesn't matter. You're going to love this, this film. It's beautiful. It's weird though. You got to tell people it's weird and scary. The pigs re- are, the pig thing is scary to little kids. When he's just getting slapped with the, with the well, fly swatter in the face. When, when they first arrive in the place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and somebody's hungry. Yep. That's a very, if you're not, re- that's it's scared, a little disturbing. That scared the snot out of my kid when she was little. <laughs> They're called, uh, I can't, for some reason this page won't let me, it won't add it to the CMS, but it's called Oturi Sama. They're called minor characters. Oh, to you, they're minor characters. Thanks, Wakia. (laughs) (laughs) They are spirits resembling giant chickens or ducks that are clients of the bathhouse. And here they put themselves uh, into bathtubs. Um, It it is. I mean, yes, I would say, man, I think I, 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 I do feel like this is a very arguably, I won't say it's my favorite because I do have other favorites, but it's up there. It's up. It's up there in my favoriteness. But like in terms of being the best, you know how I like to make that distinction. Yes, it, it, it might. It might easily even be the best Miyazaki movie. But it is a little bit hard mode. It's if you're if you're just getting started with kids and yeah, not don't go Miyazaki, for this one first. I would go for Totoro, Totoro, Ponyo, or. Um, Oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, oh, or, uh, you know, I, I mean, Kiki's I, I delivery feel like service? Kiki's my, Kiki might be my favorite. Kiki's yeah. delivery service might be my favorite. We've talked about it on the incomparable, but I would say, uh, Totoro is an easier sell, but like when you're ready for difficult mode, like this one, um, Nausicaa, I mean, he's got some great, uh, another great weird one. If you like the weird ones, I would say Howl's Moving Castle, but this one is probably the best one empirically. Howl's Moving Castle is very weird. That is a weird one. I, so, I think your order is, is right. I'm glad your though. kids liked it. Yeah, they loved it. And you know, my I watched it with my almost eight year old daughter and my eleven, almost twelve year old son. Um, and I was expecting 
my little girl to maybe there would be some parts that were a little scary. And she did say there were a couple parts that were scary, but there was nothing that, that, uh, traumatized her. Um, you know what I mean? There was nothing that, Mm -hmm. that really upset her or anything. It was more like, Ooh, it wasn't scary, like hiding your eyes. So really, uh, there's a lot of creepy, I don't want to spoil any single frame of this movie, but but watch it as an adult, watch it first, maybe on your own. Yeah, no, And I'm not trying to talk people out of it. It's just that you will, if you are an American kid, there will be things in this you have not seen before. Yes. That do not have uh, an explanation (laughs) that a parent can just give to you. Right. Like in the in the second and third act, there's a very large shape that does things mm-hmm. that are kind of upsetting. That mm-hmm. would be hard to just say, oh, here's what that is. He's just a goofy ghost. Mm-hmm. Like it would be like, wow. And But then he, what? Coins? Like what's happening? I think in Japan, those things are just part of their culture. And in a way that they, those things make sense to them in, a, in an inherent way. It's possible. Yeah, I don't possible. know. I don't know. The, 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 every episode of um, The Incomparable I've been on, where we talk about a Miyazaki movie, there's a couple things that happen. I mean, the second thing that happens is I end up asking a question like, was was the cat really talking to Kiki? And then people like kind of roll their eyes. But the first part of that is, um, I think there are no, in fact, for, for Kiki's delivery service in particular, I think Jason Snell said this, like so many of the Miyazaki movies, there's not a villain. There's not a, like the bad person right? who's irredeemable. It's like, no, in, in Kiki, this is, I'm pretty sure this is Snell. He says the, um, the enemy is weather. Like mm. the, mo- the closest thing to a bad guy in Kiki is weather in some ways, which is also true in Ponyo. But the, um, but what was my point about this? Um, but there's something like, there's something just so special about his movies, just the people who do the, the, there's, I think there's a guy or a team that just does like backgrounds, just does like gorgeous foliage, you know, the it's, I don't know. His movies are so engrossing to me. Oh yeah. But I mean, I guess the, the gist of it is like, even if you go and read articles about this, if you, especially if you're watching it with subs or just watching with dubs, yeah, like it's, there's still going to be stuff in this movie that like, it would be difficult to explain to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like in Howl's, in Howl's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, never mind. I don't, I don't want to get at responses, but like, why does Sophie get younger when she's emotional? And then for a minute, she's not emotional and now she's old again. Like, I'm sure there's a reason, but there's a bunch of stuff where you can't just go, oh, a wizard did it. You know what I mean? Yep. That's part yep. of what makes it so satisfying also is like, yeah. you you share her when she finds herself working in the bathhouse mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Winchester, Winchester's the the spider guy. Winchester does a lot of the voices in, uh, in really good animation movies. Did you know that? I did not. He does. Um, Winchester is also, his name is David Ogden Steers. I want to say he's the spider in that. He's the, um, he's the, he's the, uh, the bad guy in Lilo and Stitch. Oh, really? Yeah. The guy who wants who sends Stitch away. Yeah. Um, and then goes to find him, but, but there, you join, it seems like almost everybody in every Miyazaki is named Satsuki. I forget what the character's name is. I want to say Satsuki, but I think that's also Totoro. Mm-hmm. Whatever her name is, you follow her on this journey of WTF. Like yeah. what is happening? She doesn't know what's happening. She gets a glance of what's happening, but like you join her in the wonder and fear and, and then the anxiety, once you do understand it and you start to care about what's happening, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a weirdly emotional movie where something like a Princess Mononoke or a, like a Nausicaa or those, 
they're they're very like they're they more really literal, right? Like, they're more like this is the thing that's happening, and these are the good ones, and these are the bad ones, and kind the- of you can definitely see more of like what the plot is, mm-hmm. but like you know, in in uh, in Spirited Away, how do you describe it? It's it's a movie about how weird it is to be a tween. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, it is. You're right. I mean, it's it's like you know you've seen enough to not be horrified by stuff you're familiar with mostly. But like what happens when you confront a world that you are in some ways emotionally and physically unprepared for, and then much is asked of you. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be a tween or an early teen. Oh God, now I'm going to cry. Don't cry. I walked in yesterday and they're practicing graduation. Oh my gosh. Sitting in chairs and it's like, oh my God, I am not ready for this. So fast. Um, did you have one more sexy for me? Yeah, let me tell you. Uh, well, I got to tell you about Squarespace. Oh, but do you, you're done with uh, Boff, Mary, Kill? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, ha- Dan, tell me what's up. Like. <laughs> I'll tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace. Create a beautiful website with Squarespace. Turn your cool idea into a new website. Showcase your work blog or publish content. You can even sell products and services of all kinds. It could be a physical business. It could be an online business. It could be a real life product that you're selling. It could be a digital product that you're selling. It doesn't matter. You can even use Squarespace as like a landing page. You could use it as a photo gallery, a place to host your music. If you're a band, you can announce an upcoming event or a special project. I know people who are graduating from college and have gotten a Squarespace site to tell potential employers about them, put their resume on there. How impressed would your employer potential employer be to go and there's a website where they can learn everything they want it's awesome beautiful Mm -hmm. templates merlin created by world-class designers like i mentioned the e-commerce functionality is built in they've got great support they've got analytics that'll help you grow in real time built-in seo so you you don't have to like be a master of that to help get your site promoted and out there on the internet and, uh, and they're encouraging you to make it yourself. You know, you don't have to go and hire someone else and you also don't have to put up just a blank white page with black text on it. You can do better than that. You can make a beautiful website without knowing anything about how to make a website. And that's the genius of Squarespace. And if you're ready to start something new, your business, your project, your future, go over to squarespace.com slash it's your show. It's a place to go. And you'll get a free trial when you're ready to launch. Use the offer code, it's your show. And you'll save 10% on your first purchase of a website or a domain. You can even register a domain name with them. And, uh, and you know, people stop me on the street and they say, Dan, I don't, I don't want a website right <laughs> so now. Dan, I just why want are you a domain. on the street? <laughs> and, they say, and, I, and I, say, uh, I say, you could do that at Squarespace too. You get a domain and a website together, get them separate, whatever you want. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. Promo code, it's your show to save 10% off your first purchase. And we would like to thank Squarespace for supporting this program, Merlin Man. Squarespace. Bok, bok. Killed it again, Dan. You killed it. Killed it. A hateful eight, too mature for my 11-year-old son, I'm finding out. Oh, my God. Dan. Um, I haven't showed it to him yet. I'm pre- uh, pre-watching okay, it. Okay. All right. All right. I'm watching it's, it while I row in the why, morning. Why did those words have to be in a sentence? Jesus, Dan. No. There's that some, said. That said, I'm thinking about Logan. Thinking about it. Told you it's fine. Just no Just thinking about it. Okay. It's only a thought. It's not a th- it's only a thought crime. It's not a real crime. Have you watched Chernobyl on HBO yet? Have I I've watched Chernobyl? The new series. No, 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 no. No, is that a documentary? It is a um it is a drama dramatization of what happened mm. during those times. Uh, there's only two episodes out so far. It is spectacular. It's oh wow. 
fantastic. I can't oh, recommend so it highly enough. I see what enough. you're saying. It's a, um, okay, so it's not a documentary. It's like, I um, dramatized. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that sounds creepy. Oh, it's so good. It, not for your kid to watch, but no, for, no. for you and no, maybe no. your special lady friend. Um, mm-hmm. Date night. Yeah. <laughs> well. Hey, what's Chernobyl? Uh, and then I wanted to get your take on the Watchmen trailer that came out, but hmm. I, have you um, seen it? I um, I mean, you know, TikTok, hot take. TikTok, hot, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, I kind of got that from it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, okay, it, it could be great. So that's basically some nutty balls group that got together after the death of the explosion of Rorschach. Mm-hmm. And they're like some kind of like anonymous, you know, style group, but for Rorschach. Right. Right. Yep. I mean, I would be excited for anything Watchmen mostly. Um, but if it's my, here's my problem. I'm going to be a little bit of a, a D here. Mm. Um, the, um, if that was the best of it, hmm. I don't know. Like thematically, it looks like it wants to be like a big ideas show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want it to be a small implementation thing. But yes. I will definitely watch it. I would, you know what I mean? Like it's, it seems like it's almost like this, like almost like game of, not game of Thrones, but like some kind of like big things are going to happen with groups of people that put things on their face for different reasons. Dun, 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 dun. And like, I'm more interested in like, you know, you know, the class. So I guess Adrian's in it, but he's old now. But like some of my favorite stuff in, in, in even the, the, I think underrated Zack Snyder movie is like the, how, how they got this way stuff, you know, like how did Rorschach, you know, Rorschach's childhood is like so rough and like, you know, the comedian actually has these surprising two, no spoilers, but has like different sides to him besides being just categorically off. <laughs> right even though he's mostly almost mostly. 100% categorically. Right, awful. right. I don't know. I mean, I'll definitely watch it. I mean, you know, I'm paying for it. Right. This is that time of year when everybody starts canceling HBO, you know? Yeah. They want to keep, keep that from happening. I'm right through the other morning. I've fallen so behind on Veep and I had one of my early morning wake ups and I watched the up to the three episodes before the last Veep. And now I'm a few minutes into the last Veep. And mm. My goodness. I'm going to miss that show. You're not a Veeper, right? You're not a Veeper no, I'm, I want to watch it, though. It's on my list. Oh, it's really, it's really, I would, you know, just start at the beginning and see if you like the flavor of it. I mean, just the performance of the guy who played Buster on Arrested Development, just his performance alone is just, you know, he who's on a recent uh, <laughs> rebroadcast of Fresh Air previously, Dave Davies, um, and saying like how, you know, there's not a lot is written for him. But it's all in like what he looks like in frame and his little noises that he makes as he's advising the vice president. Anyway, I'll miss it. Mm. And then we got the Big Thrones coming. Big Thrones ending. Yep, big one. Not going to talk about that. Uh, how do we end on a happy, funny note? Hey, ring the bell and we'll funny? call it a day. Just You just ring a bell? Yeah. Did I have any other jokes written? I don't think I had any jokes written. Uh, new waivers are in purgatory. Dan, um... Dan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks to all of our listeners for listening. Oh, you know what I got? Dan, if people d- double down, triple down, double down. First of all, everybody stop saying double down. Mm-hmm. Step zero. It's it not accurate. Yeah. It's a blackjack term. Stop saying that. You don't think, you don't know what it means. So, uh, uh, so that's zero. Step one, Dan, tell people where you would like to be contacted about your project with um, divesting yourself of your Mac minis at all. Is Twitter the best place to contact Yeah, you? just do it over, do it over Twitter at, at, at message me on uh, Twitter at Dan Benjamin. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. If you want to buy up. one or if you, or but, if you want to donate one, what? whatever. You talking to me? Eh, what, you, I don't want to buy one. Eh, whatever. Unless it's got your data on it. I'd be super into that. 
just lots, lots, lots of search. There's lots of searches for clothes that fit. Yeah, no clothes. No data. No data. No data. <laughs> no. Uh, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.